Welcome to the Progressive Property Podcast, helping you invest in property for freedom, choice, and profit. You'll learn new, innovative, and multiple streams of property income, whether you want to start, scale, or systemize, and even if you don't have deposits. Evening, everyone. Kevin McDonald here. One of the things that I hear a lot, and um, I get quite a lot of, is the numbers don't work. So I hear people say to me regularly, um, the numbers don't work, Kevin. I can't get the numbers to work. I can't make the numbers work. Um, that's clearer. So I can't make the numbers work. The numbers don't work. Um, here's the thing. My numbers always work. They always work. So typically what happens when somebody says, the numbers don't work. What they actually mean is they're looking at the, the number that the owner of the house wants for the property. So whether that be if you're buying the house or if you're doing like a lease option or a rent to rent, what they're actually saying when, when they say the numbers don't work is they're, you're basing your numbers on what the seller wants. Here's the thing. What the seller wants, what the landlord wants if it's a rent to rent, the number they want is a distracting and essentially irrelevant number. You, you, you need to ignore what they want and base your number on what you can afford to give them. What can you afford to give them if it's a rent to rent deal? What can you afford to give them if it's a purchase? What, what they want for it is completely irrelevant. So what I mean by my numbers always work is my number always work because I always offer what I'm willing to pay. Then they say yes or they say no. I never look at the number that the person wants. We have a quick look at the number, but we don't base that in any part of our offer whatsoever. So let's take a look at example of that. So let's take a rent to rent deal, for example. With a rent to rent deal, maybe you've got a property and the landlord wants, I don't know, a thousand pound a month for his house. Let's say he wants a thousand a month and you can rent the rooms out at 500 quid a room and there is five rooms in the house. So the landlord might want a thousand pound a month. What typically happens is you see, let's say it's, it's actually, it's a, it's a four bed house and you can rent each room out for um, 500 quid a room. So that'll bring in two grand. What typically happens is somebody tries to work, give the, they give the landlord a thousand, then they think, okay, I need to pay 400 bills, that's 1400. I can get two grand in, that's 600 quid. The numbers work, that's easy, great. However, what about if you've got a four bed house, okay, and the landlord wants 1200 a month and you can rent the rooms out, okay, and you're only able to get 450 a room. So if you get 450 times four, you got 1800 coming in, 450 times four, 1800. The landlord wants 1200 and you got to pay 400 bills. That would be 1600. So there's no point taking it on for 200 quid profit. So 1,800 comes in, 16 goes out. 1,200 to the landlord for the rent and 400 for the bills. And then people come to me and go, I can't, the numbers don't work. I'm only making 200 quid, the numbers don't work. Well, you're, you're looking at the wrong number because you have to pay yourself first. And what we do is we reverse engineer the process. You work out what you can make from the property. Ignore what the landlord wants. How much can you make? You make 450 a room, 450 a room, times four rooms is 1800 quid. You take away what you want as your profit. Now I always use a rule of 1.5, which would be 400, need a calculator, 450, right? Multiplied by 1.5 is what I want my profit to be, which is one and a half rooms. 
So 450 times 1.5 would be 675 quid. So your achievable rent is 1800. Your 1800 minus your 675 will leave you 1125. And then you take away your 400 for your bills. That leaves you 725. And 725 is your offer to the landlord. And then people go, oh, but the landlord won't accept that. Well, how do you know you've not asked him? You see, what you're forgetting is the landlord's income is not what they're making. So 725 there. If a tenant paid 1200, it is 1200 less the management cost, number one from the letting agent, which could, would be about 12%. So it's 1200 less 144 quid minus 144 is 1056. Then you've got 10% manage, uh, maintenance costs. So that's 120 quid. Take away 120. And you got about 10% voids. Take away 120. That leaves you very much in the same ballpark as your offer. Plus there's the hassle. There's um, the wear and tear. There's the number of voids the landlord has. There's the stress of the landlord. There's previous tenants that he might have had issues with. There's uh, loads of, of um, emotional mindset type issues that the landlord may also have. So the numbers always work is the key of this message. It's not that the numbers don't work. The numbers always work because you base it on your number, not on what the landlord wants. You work out your number. That way they always work. Guys, I'm going to be doing a um, McDonald Monday, a no money down Monday, every single Monday night at 7.30 p.m. Get it in your diary. Get on here. Make sure you've got a reminder at 7.25, 7.29, whatever it wants to be, and get online every single Monday night. If you're liking the content, give me a comment in the comments box. If you've got any questions for me, give me a question in the comments box. Um, what help do you need? What support do you need? Where are you at in your journey? Have you got deals where your numbers don't work? So I'm going to cover something different every single num every single Monday night around helping you over your challenges on your property journey. Remember as well, so Wednesday night, so we're doing a double your income challenge at the moment, the No Money Down Mastermind, we're on a double your income challenge and we're at quit your job race. So Conrad Gaida has, has launched this with us. Um, he's getting as many people as possible involved. He's quitting his job in August. He wants to double his income before he does. In fact, he set the thing up about a month ago. He's already doubled his income, so he has to double it again. But that's him. Everyone else, quit your job race, double your income challenge. If you want to get involved, let us know. Hashtag no money down Monday. Hashtag McDonald Monday. Hashtag double your, double your income challenge. Quit your job race, whatever it may be. Um, Karina is saying, I have a rent to rent to relook at now. Of course you do. Of course you do. Because you're basing your numbers on the landlord instead of on what works for you. We offer on everything. We offer on everything because the number we're offering is the number that works for us. We never walk away from a deal going, the numbers don't work, because what we offer is what works for us. It's irrelevant. It's a distracting and irrelevant number what the landlord wants. You focus on what works for you, not what they want. Wants and needs, okay? Wants and needs. And what it's on the market for is not actually what they put nit, nit, nit in their pocket. What a tenant pays for a house is not what the landlord nits. Okay, there's loads of costs that come out. And if you run a rent to rent business, they're costs that you take care of. So there's loads of rent to rent deals out there. I see loads of people walking away from perfectly good rent to rent deals simply without even making an offer because they're basing their numbers on what the landlord wants rather than what the landlord needs. Not even what the landlord's actually knitting in their pocket. 
It's explaining to the landlord that you rent this house out for 1,200 quid. You're not getting 1,200 quid. You're getting 1,200 quid. Less voids, less maintenance, less hassle, less management costs. And remember when a letting agent is managing the house, um, how would you, how, what would be the minimum you would pay up? Okay, so the 1.5 rule, Karina, the one, well, minimum, 1.5 rule, rule is the ideal. The minimum is one. You, one between one and 1.5 in terms of the room rents. But um, remember, the landlord on a rent-to-rent's got voids, maintenance, management costs, hassle. But the one that most people miss is that when a letting agent move, moves a tenant into a property for a landlord, we all believe, and I see this a lot, a lot of people believe that the letting agent gets 10% plus VAT. They do. That's the monthly amount of money they get but they also get a tenant find fee up front. So for instance, we, we, I'm a letting agency. We rent houses out for other landlords. We rented a house out this week for 550 quid. Last week we found the tenant, this week the tenant's moving in. 550 quid, we will charge 10% for that property management, which is 55 quid a month, a week, a month, sorry. So 550 quid property, we will charge a 10% per month management fee, which is 550 quid. However, what we've also charged on month one is a tenant find fee of £375. Now we're up north, tenant find fees in the south are more expensive. If we did tenant find only, we're at around, I think we're 500 quid. Um, I don't work in the agency, Andrew runs it, but I think it's 500 quid for tenant find only. But tenant find and manage will charge a lower tenant find fee because we've got the monthly recurring income. So we're 375 a month for the tenant find plus the 10% a month. Now, 375 a month divided by 12 months is 3125 per month. So that's another 3125 that pound cost averaged over the, over the year. That's another 3125 that the landlord has to pay out every single month if you spread it over the year. You want to be taking that amount off your offer price as well, showing the landlord that he's got his tenant find fee, his management fee, his voids, his maintenance. All of those costs, all of that, you take it all off and then you offer more. So what we don't do is we don't offer what the landlord wants for their house. We offer more than what they're getting, not what they want. Big, big difference, guys. Huge, huge difference. Remember, I teach no money down for progressive. So lease options, assisted sales, exchange delayed completions, vendor finance, JFEB finance, private investor finance, rent to rent, rent to own, all of these tools, I teach that for Progressive. So how, how to secure property using little or none of your own funds. And there's lots of people out there that go, no money down, that's not possible. Well, here's the thing, read my book because it is possible and there's people doing the deals all the time. No money down does not necessarily mean literally no money. It means none of your own money because it can be other people's. And I don't mean just joint ventures or private investors. Your other people's money could be the homeowner's money. It could be other people's property. It could be vendor finance. It doesn't have to be JV finance when it could be vendor finance. There is loads of ways to finance a deal. And if you think about it, the very people that say, oh, no money down is not possible. Here's the reality. You might be able to buy a 100 grand house with a 25% deposit and have the cash in the bank. If you're doing a 5 million pound deal, you're not doing it with 25% deposits that you've got in sitting in your bank account. You're doing it creatively. You're using creative property investment strategies. And that's what this is all about. Karina's saying it's possible. She knows it's possible. She's done a deal. She's done a rent-to-rent -rent deal. She's secured the deal. She's found the deal. And she's used JV funding 
to fund that deal. How do I know she's used JB funding to fund that deal? Because I offer a joint venture to people that I do on my, that come on my rent to rent training and I have funded Karina's deal for her. So she came on my training, learned how to do rent to rent and then I funded her first deal. It's a no money down deal for her. It's a no brainer, guys. So what, 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 why don't you just get out of your own way and realize that there's people in the community, in the country using creative strategies? But here's the thing. That's not what tonight's about. What tonight's about is the fact that you're getting in your way in a different way. You're getting in your own way by going, the numbers don't work. The numbers always work. And what I want the message of tonight's live to be is the numbers always work. Now, here's the thing. What I mean by that is very clear. The numbers always work in terms of the offer I make is always an offer where that deal then works for me. Do I get the owner to say yes every time? Absolutely not. Absolutely not. Sometimes they say no, we move on. Sometimes they say yes, we get a set of keys and make some money. Sometimes they move on, okay? Not every deal works for them, but I'm not walking away without making an offer. I'm always making an offer on the number that works for me. And then it's a numbers game. Property is a numbers game. I get the number that works for me, we make the offer, we get a yes or a no. Now, here's the thing, be careful at this point, because I know a lot of people, they'll get rejected on their offer that works for them, and then they'll be close, they'll be a couple of hundred quid out, they'll be close, and what they'll do is they'll go, well, I'll just go a little bit higher, it'll be okay. And then they, because they chase the deal, because now they're invested in it. And they're thinking, I can't let this deal go. I'm so close. It becomes an emotional decision. I'm invested in the deal. I've got to get the deal now. The landlord's given, I've given the landlord my number and the landlord's come in with his number and we're this close. I'll just go up a bit. That is financial suicide because you go up a bit and you make a good deal, a bad deal. Okay. If you know the number that works for you, stick to the number. Learn negotiation to get that number across the line, but stick to the number and understand that houses are like buses. Another one will come along. Do not do a bad deal just because you're chasing the deal. Always stick to your number. This is a numbers game. It's a people game and a numbers game. Do not go up with your figure when you know that you, that is going to cut your throat financially because you'll end up in a mess. So stick to your numbers. Caroline's asking, I did a marketing drive recently and had a great return of contacts, but a lot were estate agents rather than the vendor direct. They handed my letter to the estate agent. Or was it managed by the agent and the agent opened the letter, Caroline? So just be careful on which that was. It's not necessary that the vendor handed it to the agent. Sometimes maybe the agent just found the letter. Anyway, how do I offer creative strategies and negotiate with the agent is in the way? Good question. I never, ever, ever, ever cut an estate agent out of a deal. Never, ever, ever cut the agent out of getting their commission. However, where possible, you must always, always, always cut them out of the negotiation. Here's the thing. You are a professional property investor and you're putting a creative offer across. Now, you've got to learn how to do a creative offer to start with. You need to know, understand the process of doing a creative offer. You've got to build the offer down. You've got to create a contrast frame. There's a whole process to putting a creative offer in place. However, 
If you do that creative offer to an estate agent, and what huge mistake I see people do is they email it in, that's a major no-no, because you email an offer in, it, it goes in the junk mail, it goes in, in the spam folder, they don't even read it, they do read it and they don't understand it, etc. You gotta do a face-to-face offer, face-to-face offer. But you put the face-to-face offer in it to an estate agent, the agents, right, they're not, not all of them, some of them might be, I don't wanna do an injustice to the ones that are, but most of them are not professional property investors. If you asked estate agents in your town what they did two years ago, 18 months ago, etc., I bet you you'll get the answer from some of them that they were stacking shelves in Tesco's, they were working in the local vets, they were in school, they were doing everything and anything, they were studying history at university. That's really useful. They were doing everything and anything bar estate agency. And this is a job that they're in on minimum wage. And what you're doing, the professional property investor, what you're doing is you're making a creative offer, like for a lease option, to an estate agent who was never an agent, never worked in an agency, knows nothing about property, has never even bought their own home. And if they have bought their own home, they've done it with the, with the normal 25% deposit, 10% deposit, if it's your own home, 5% deposit, you know what I mean. Um, but they've only ever bought one house, maybe, or a couple of houses, but they've only ever bought it creatively. But actually, majority of agents have never even bought a house. They're just young kids out of school. So you've made this creative offer to them, and you're expecting them to be able to put that offer forward to the vendor. Second-hand information. They will not position it how you need to position it. They won't talk about the contrast frame. They won't take build the offer down to, to build the pain create the pain and pleasure in the offer. They won't do any of this. This is a negotiation skill that you need to learn. The agent doesn't know this stuff. So all they do is go, oh, yeah, we've had an offer, it's this, later. It's, it's just, you're gonna lose the deal. You're losing the deal. So if you wanna get the deal, you must always put your offer forward directly to the vendor. The other reason why you don't put an emailed offer in or a phone call offer in is I wanna look in the person's eye. I wanna stare in their eyes when I put the offer in. Because here's what happens. You put an offer forward by email. They, they open up the email and they go, hmm, that's not a bad offer. Interesting. Let's try and negotiate. Let's challenge the offer. And then they go back and they go, that is ridiculous. No way, that's way too low. And then you read the response and go, oh shit, that's way too low, oh no. But had you looked in their eyes when you made the offer, you would have seen their reaction to your offer which would have been, hmm, interesting, okay? You, there, you can, there is only one chance to make a first impression on an offer, and that's gotta be face-to-face, okay? Face-to-face. Many people in this community are losing deals because they're afraid to go face-to-face, they're lazy to go face-to-face, they don't go face-to-face to make their offers. They do what's called email hockey, and it is losing you deals or they place a creative offer to an estate agent who has no bloody idea what they're doing and they let the agent put the offer forward to the vendor and then nine, nine times out of 10, 99 times out of 100, by the way, 99 times about 100, not nine out of 10, 99 out of 100 times, you get a rejection back from the agent because the agent didn't even understand what they were offering. The agent had no idea what you were offering because they're not a property investor. And any question, right, any question that the vendor had about your offer, the first thing the, vent- the agent says to them is, oh, I don't know, I'll have to ask. And as soon as the agent says, oh, I don't know, the vendor has lost confidence in the offer. And they're thinking, the estate agent that I've hired to sell my house, 
that I trust to sell my house has got no idea about this offer, so I don't trust the offer. You lose the deal. The, um, the offer, it always works. The numbers always work because it is your number. So Andrew, when calling agents for long-term corporate lets and you get the stock answer, none of our landlords are interested in that, do you try to bring them around or simply move on? Always, always, always try to bring them around, Andrew. Never quit. Quitters don't win. Always bring them around because winners don't quit. So um, I love that answer. None of our landlords would do that. So the first thing is, right, I walked into an estate agent down the street. So Mr. Agent, I walked into an agent's just down the street. Okay, and I went into that shop and they had landlords that do it. The agent was open to it and there was landlords that opened to it. But what you're telling me is that none, absolutely none, zero of your landlords are open to it. Uh-huh, okay. So what, why, you got a sign over your door. Are every landlord that walks into your shop, do you interview them and go, oh, would you be interested if anybody ever walked in in the future looking for a corporate letter or guaranteed rent? Would you be interested in doing that? And if they say yes, you say, sorry, no. We don't want landlords like that around here. There's, a, there's another agency up the street. You can take your business to them. Is that what happens? Absolutely not. Okay, don't ask them that, by the way. Don't position it like that. That was just a little bit of fun. So it is not, Andrew, it is not that their landlords don't do it. It's one of two things. One is they don't do it and they're not even asking their landlords. Or two, and be careful of this one, they do it themselves. So they say none of our landlords do it, but actually they do it themselves. And, and also, if you're doing rent to rent, do not tell the agent everything. You tell the agent everything. I know somebody who did a whole presentation. They brought a presentation into the agents. They went to every agency in town with a whole PowerPoint presentation and they taught them rent to rent. And every one of the agents basically said no. And they rang me up going, it doesn't work in my area, Kevin. Told you it didn't work in my area. And I was like, you know, why would you do what you just did? That was ridiculous. Why would you do that? The agents don't give you a presentation and now they run their business. Within about two months, right? Within two months, they rang me back up and they said, Kevin, some of the agents in town are doing guaranteed rent. And I said, of course they are, because you taught them how to do it. You taught them how to do it. You gave them a bloody presentation on how to do it. Of course they're doing it. You see, as soon as you walked out of the shop, when they said to you, we won't do that, no, 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 they gathered round and they went, wasn't that awesome? Wasn't that a great idea? We should be doing that. Don't teach other people your business. It's like giving them your bank account, right? Don't let them have access to it. Don't give them that information, please. They don't need to know. You just want to get the house. That's it. So Andrew, yes, we talked them around. The end of that question, I got a little bit sidetracked. Can you hear the lawnmower? It's middle of the week. Um, it's, it's the neighbor, not me. The last time I came on, I had a gardener cutting my grounds. Now I've got the neighbor cutting his with a dog chasing the lawnmower. Apologies. So um, where was I? Yes, Andrew, we talked them around. We say, that's a pity. So they say, sorry, none of our landlords do that. You say, oh, that's a pity because obviously, um, I'm not sure if you were, but since the tenant fee ban in, that came in in June 2019, obviously letting agents can no longer charge a tenant a fee. Now, we're a corporate-led company, which means we don't come under the tenant fee ban. So actually, we can pay you a fee. So as I was saying, how come you don't do it? You see, a lot of letting agents don't realize that they can charge us a fee, that we don't come under the tenant fee ban. They don't even know, okay? Why? Because they're not professional property investors. They don't understand that. And why do letting agents open their doors every day? 
to make this cash, to make money. They're focused on the cash. You show them how they make more money and they're going to show you some houses. But here's what happens with a lot of people as well. They focus too much on them keeping all the money instead of sharing a little bit with the agent. Work, focus on how the agent can get more money and you'll get more keys. McDonald Monday, guys. We're here every Monday from 7.30. Don't miss it. I'm enjoying it. I hope you are. Get your questions in. Get it in your diary every single Monday at 7.30. If you've got a funeral, right? If you've got a wedding, if you've got a bar mitzvah, if you've got a party of any sort whatsoever, by the way, you shouldn't because we're in lockdown, partial lockdown. If you've got a party with more than six people, the government won't let you. If you've got a party with less than six people, cancel it and get on McDonald Monday. Get on McDonald Monday. What else could you be doing? What else do you want to be doing? There's nothing more important than a McDonald Monday. So hashtag no money down Monday, hashtag McDonald Monday, and I'll be here every single Monday night. But here's what you need to do for next Monday. You got to write your questions down and bring them to me so I can answer them. You line them up, I'll knock them over. Paul Andrew, how much would you suggest to pay the agent, Kevin? Oh, whatever they want. I'm kidding. So, that, so typically in the north of England, I would pay around 250 to 500 quid. If you're in the south, a one-off fee, not monthly, a one-off fee. If you're in the south, I'd be looking to pay probably 500 to a grand, although I would really hate it if I had to go over 750. Um, that type of fee. If they ask for three grand, you, sh you can say to them, take a little hike, because that's not what we do. We'll give you up to about a grand. Maximum. Okay, Vison. Is it Vison? If it's Vison, English is my second language. So I've no idea, but let's hope it is Vison. Hi, Kevin. How are you? How do you structure your property manager's salary when you are starting out? Fixed rate per property commission. Cheers. Good question. So I started off, I got my first few rent to rent in, and then I hired somebody to manage them. Because here's the key thing you are not looking to create another job, you're looking for freedom from your job. And the sooner you outsource, use the initial income because you're in a business here to scale your business. The best decision I ever made was to take on staff. But what I do is I followed, initially I followed the Tesco model. What's the Tesco model? Part-time. So you can get a virtual assistant, first of all. Virtual assistants, will pay, you can pay them by the hour. They can do all your scraping of Rightmove, of Zooplas, etc. Virtual assistants, you can get somebody in the Philippines full-time for about $400 a month but part-time's enough. So a part-time virtual assistant to take away a lot of the admin. If you want somebody for the viewings, the inspections, that sort of thing, then you follow the Tesco model. What's the Tesco model, Kev? The Tesco model is part-time. 20 or less hours a week. Why? No national insurance, no PAYE, etc. You just give them an amount of money. So you're looking for somebody who Maybe what I, what I would target is somebody who used to work in an estate agency or letting agency. They were um, full-time working once. Maybe it was a, a mum with some kids. She's got a husband or no husband or, or wife or whatever she wants to have. But she used to work in an agency. Now she's at home minding the kids, but she's got some free time and she wants a part-time income. So she's got a bit of understanding of property. She maybe has a good relationship with the local agents, but she wants some part-time work. And you can give her sort of a flexible works where she can work part time a few hours during the day, even the odd hour in the evening, up to 20 ish hours a week are what keeps you below the need to pay her national insurance contributions, etc. And that is what I would be looking for initially to get started. Somebody with a little bit of experience. 
Vincent, I hope that answers your question. So, I've got no idea what time it is. What time is it? Hashtag McDonald mowing Monday. Got Richard Gardner, McDonald mowing. McDonald neighbor mowing Monday. It's the McDonald neighbor mowing Monday. McDonald's not mowing. McDonald doesn't mow the lawns. Actually, I did mow the lawns for my wife last week. She made me mow the lawns. Um, I'm getting a new tractor lawnmower delivered this week. I might give that a try. But only once. Then it's the lawn that the gardener is on it. Maybe once. It'll be fun. So not a monthly fee. Paul Andrew, no, not a monthly fee. Absolutely not a monthly fee. If the letting agent is taking a monthly fee, they're taking that off the, off the landlord. They're not taking that off you. We would pay them a one-off fee. I'm not paying a letting agent a monthly fee. Absolutely no way am I paying them a monthly fee. Paul Andrew, my agent wants me to sign the contract with them and pay commission every month. Paul Andrew, sounds like you've not, um, have, you, have you been on my training? I wouldn't be doing that. Have you been on my training? I definitely didn't teach that. I don't think you have. I wouldn't be doing that. Sounds like you're going to lose some money there if you do that. Fit it in the deal, see what the numbers are. Drop me a PM, let me know what the numbers are. Um, but I would say probably not, no. I wouldn't be doing that. And the agent has probably seen you coming. You see, what happens is they know somebody. Have you ever heard the saying, they seen you coming? That means they know somebody who doesn't, a little bit in the nicest possible way, a little bit green, green behind the ears. They knew the new, they know the newbie, the person who can't talk the talk, etc., to understand that they are very strict. You walk in there and you tell them your criteria. At the moment, if you've got a dog, right? You got a dog, and the dog's got a tail, and the dog wags their tail. You're the dog. You eat, you eat the deals. You eat the agent. You're the dog. You wag their, the, the agent is the tail. The agent's the tail. Okay? So you gotta wag the tail. At the moment, the tail is wagging the dog. We cannot have the tail wagging the dog. The dog has got to wag the tail. We're the dog. Give me hashtag we're the dog. We're the dog. I'm having fun. He started the bloody lawnmower again. He started it again. He can probably hear me. But anyway, remember what was tonight all about? Know your numbers. The numbers never work is ridiculous. The numbers always work. You do the numbers that work for you and you put the offer in based on the numbers that work for you. Karina, when leafleting, how do you know which houses are social housing? Oh, that's a good question. So, in my area, this is really interesting. I know, I think it's interesting anyway, because I'm, I'm really boring and a bit property stupid, but in terms of like, uh, yeah, I'm just boring. So what I'm about to tell you is really interesting. It's probably totally not interesting, but bear with me. Um, it's a great story for the pub when they reopen. When you're leaflet dropping, or you're getting somebody to leaflet drop for you, in my area, we can save a load of money on leaflets because we know every single council house in the streets. This is why. Because the council, in the last few years, they changed all the roofs. They put new roofs on them. They put new roofs on, which means there's a new shiny roof on all the council houses, and all the ones around it that are owner-occupiers still have the old roofs on them. So we can just say to the leaflet dropper, any house with a new roof, just skip that one. So Karina, that's one way. Um, second way, you could probably ask the council if they've got a list of council houses, they probably won't give it to you. Um, does it really matter if you leaflet drop the odd council house? Because here's the thing, you leaflet drop the odd council house, the person inside the house gets the leaflet, they have friends in town. They go out, they speak to people in town. Maybe they tell a friend who does not have a council house about you. 
Maybe they have friends who want to rent houses and they tell them about you and you could find tenants. So every leaflet, even if it's to the wrong house, is not a waste because it can lead to other opportunities through word of mouth. I've been Kevin McDonald. You've been absolutely awesome. Speak soon. Thank you.